0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little
1: town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. (laughs) Perfect Perfect. (laughs) Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Cullen. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Ooh, it's good to be back, man. It's been a while. It has been a while. How uh, How you been? Good, man. This is like if, I don't know, fucking Rage Against the Machine or like the Beatles got back together. This is sweet. This is. If if this was the Beatles getting back together, of course, that would make me John Lennon in this scenario. And uh, I totally agree with you. This is uh, This is big. This is monumental. You and I back together. That's funny you said Lennon because I thought the same thing. You're Lennon, I'm uh, I'm McCartney, and then you know, the the rest of the Beatles or the the listeners, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I'm totally on board with you. Well, I mean, I don't know if I agree with you being Paul McCartney. I think uh, I don't know if that is appropriate. I, I mean, me, of course, John Lennon, of course, the leader and the editor, everything, you know, creative force behind this. But uh, I don't know if you're quite Paul McCartney, Chris. Let's be honest. Oh, uh, I don't know if I agree with you there. Uh, it's uh, pretty well known that I'm pretty. Popular here, and the fans like me. I think I'm McCartney. No, look, I mean you, you're you're very popular. The people like you. I, I don't disagree with that, but I think you're more of a George Harrison type. I mean, <laughs> what? what? No, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's not an insult. George Harrison's very that's a talented. Huge insult. No, no, it is. George Harrison <laughs> George was. Ha- who the fuck is George Harrison? Look, I didn't not, do a fucking duet with Michael Jackson. Look, I'm not. I'm not insult. I didn't call you Ringo. Calm down. I called you George Harrison. George Harrison's a very talented musician who, you know, had to be kind of helped along by both. I'm Paul. a 2 time hall of Famer. I'm no. done. Did Did he just leave? George, I I mean Chris, did you are you did you leave? I think he left. Citizens of Perfectville, I don't know what we're going to do here. Uh, you know what? Let's just go ahead and get to a commercial and uh we'll figure some shit out. Greetings citizens of Perfectville, it is Sam. I'm here to tell you that Dolphins football is here again. That's right, the 2019-2020 NFL season is here. That means new games, that means new hope, that means new team apparel. You can get all that dolphin swag at Amazon.com. And you can get it by going to WelcomeToPerfectville.com, clicking on the Amazon banner, and going right there and getting everything like you always would at Amazon. No hidden fees, no extra charges. Since you click the banner on our website, we get a couple dollars to keep your podcast going strong. So what are you waiting for? Get that Josh Rosen custom jersey. Get that throwback hat. Get all the Dolphin swag you could ever want at Amazon.com by way of welcome to perfectville.com. You'll thank me later. Actually, you can thank me now. You're welcome. All right. Well, Chris, if you want to be a big baby and you want to storm off the set of the, uh, of the podcast here, listen, I have resources. I have people that I know. I have people that I can call in a minute, in a flash, and replace the two-time Hall of Famer. This is like when George Harrison left the Beatles and John Lennon called Eric Clapton. And then George Harrison was at the airport getting ready to fly off because he quit the Beatles and he sees Eric Clapton walking through the airport and immediately knew exactly what had happened. Because John Lennon called Eric Clapton and said, would you like George Harrison's spot? And at that point, George Harrison turned around, said sorry to John Lennon. And kept Eric Clapton out of the Beatles, which is a true story, by the way. Uh, so here is our Eric Clapton. He is a former writer on WelcomeToPerfectVille.com. He's a former podcast host on WelcomeToPerfectVille.com. The finalysis with Travis Wingfield. His namesake, him himself, now part of Locked on Dolphins. In fact, he is the Locked on Dolphins podcast host, as well as many other things. Uh, Travis Wingfield, welcome back to Perfectville.
0: Oh man, it's good to be back, Sam. How you doing? Oh, I'm
1: doing just fine. I, uh, I had a co-host who, just, uh, who left the show. He uh, had his George Harrison moment. He is gone. We will see if he understands that I am now talking to the Eric Clapton of the Miami Dolphins blog and podcast uh, era and see if he turns around here before the end and, and makes amends. But until then, why don't I, you and I just talk and catch up on old times. Uh, you've been doing your podcast, Locked on Dolphins, for how long now?
0: Uh, it's two years in august
1: two years in august and you were uh you were blogging well way back in the day but you've been writing articles about the Miami Dolphins religiously as well as on Twitter let everyone know what your Twitter handle is wingfield NFL is that what it is
0: yeah it's at wingfield NFL and it's funny you mentioned that because I was just going through my uh my author catalog on lockdowndolphins.com the other day and I realized that like every single player this team signed I had an article on and I guess it all kind of just was like a blackout haze this entire offseason because i didn't realize i had written that much stuff and it's like damn i guess i really did like post every single day for several months there and it's kind of nice to have a lull here in the off season here the you know the official offseason starts in june because june and july is pretty much the only time on the calendar when football takes a break so it's nice to be on the podcast here with you and kind of just be able to shoot the shit a little bit here
1: yeah it's kind of nice i mean uh, you know i've talked to talked about this on your podcast in the past but you know i don't like doing that work i don't like doing that research that's not what's fun for me what's fun for me is bagging on this team when they're bad and then then (laughs) taking all the credit when they're good right like i had something to do with it um but i do like having all that reference material to me you know for me so there are times where we're recording this chris and i and we're like shit we need to find something out and we'll just go right you know and find well what does travis have to say about it and we'll use it as reference material or anybody else right but typically we'll default to people that we like like yourself uh so we really do appreciate people like you and you specifically going and doing that nitty-gritty and i know you you really love doing that right i mean you you just talked about how prolific you've been um do you like do you get kind of in what they call the athlete zone when you're writing and you're and you've got like 75 window tabs open and you're looking at film and you're recording shit for twitter and you're doing your your, your podcast and you're writing all this stuff and you're promoting the things that you're doing and making all these content i mean are you just kind of in this in this in this uh, you know writer's zone if you will do you do you know what you're doing when you're doing it or are you just kind of like I, I i'm i'm riding this wave until i crash
0: if you're familiar with South Park and the scene or the episode where Gerald Broflovski, Kyle's dad, is SkankHunt42 on Twitter, the ultimate troll, and he's got the Led Zeppelin set up there. or the, I think it's Boston, and he's doing the multi-keyboards. And he's playing it like actual music keyboards. That's basically me and my setup upstairs in my little podcast studio. I've got the multiple screens, and I'm just hammering out all this stuff, and like you said, it is a total zone because if I'm – Messing around on Twitter and or or like on my email, it turns into procrastination and I wind up not getting anything done. But the problem with that is sometimes I'll hit these lulls where it's just like I do not want to talk about fucking football right now, especially when the Dolphins are playing like shit. Like the last couple of Decembers have been brutal because they collapse and it's like I don't want to do – no one wants to read this. No one wants to hear about this. I don't want to be the one that gives it to them. I just – it's – you have to fight through that. And then there's moments like I was at the gym the other day and they had NFL Network on. There was some game on TV. And I was like, oh, man, I, I just want to watch football. Like It's just it's these waves of inspiration. And I'm sure that you kind of have that with comedy where you get an idea and you got to get yourself just fully immersed. It's basically all in or all out. And I find that balance. I strike it pretty well, I think. But sometimes, you know, there's ups and downs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're on a team that's not winning consistently like the Miami Dolphins are. Because you're right. I mean, come, come November and December, really December, it's a chore sometimes to put this stuff out, but you do have to fight through it. I don't. I quit. I just leave and I go do other things. Uh, people like you, you'll, you'll actually endure and say, look, we're going to talk about the, how, you know, how badly we lost to the Houston Texans again or whatever it ter- turns out to be. Um, but uh, I did want to mention a couple things here because uh, on the last episode of Perfectville – Chris, uh, before he stormed off here on this episode, brought to my attention that Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald came out with a, with a news article that was eerily similar to the podcast that we did before that one, so two or three podcasts ago, where you know, we were talking about Vegas odds and how they saw the Miami Dolphins in their mind's eye and where the money was going and why the line was moving and all of this fun stuff. And the interesting um, part about the Bengals and a few other teams being behind the Miami Dolphins in terms of bets. Now, I am by no means saying that we are the innovator of people looking at Vegas lines and talking about them. There's an entire industry based around that. However, the timing of Barry Jackson coming out with this article and the verbiage that he used in his article, which was basically verbatim as to what I and Chris said on the air, made me think that maybe, if nothing else, Barry Jackson, who is a fantastic writer, somebody who I have a lot lot of respect for, might have been influenced by our podcast.
0: I think it can happen more than you think it does or than you might realize that it does because, you know, you mentioned it. that All all the Dolphins people that are like, whether it's the team or the people that cover the team, they're aware of us. I mean, how could they not be? There's such a prominent – fixture of Dolphins fans that have these fan sites and podcasts that do such good content and you mentioned this a while back like I remember when you first told me about the Perfectville idea you had this idea that you wanted to give the fans something that didn't exist and it was you know it's good Dolphins information but it also has hilarious comedy involved and that's something that really there just doesn't exist on the Dolphins or maybe even other teams otherwise and I really appreciate that you guys do it that way it's so entertaining and that's the part of the podcast world that I think a lot of people miss out on is the entertainment factor. You know, I I do X's and O's over here, so it can get boring at times, but I try to really bring out my own personality and be the kind of lively guy that I am. And I just think that that that's what people are looking for. And there are so many resources that I think that, they whether or not it's subconscious or intentional, I I think a lot of the stuff we do finds itself into... The mainstream media, if you will. Oh,
1: I I agree, and I know that you've actually had had some run-ins with some of the more <laughs> yeah. traditional writers, if you will, uh, that cover the Miami Dolphins. Some of the beat writers that are out there. Um, I don't know if you want to get into it or not, but you're the person to talk to about this because you're doing a lot of the same same stuff that Chris and I are doing with regards to if you want to call it new media or alternate media, which you can't really even call this anymore because it's such so prevalent that. Uh, You can't even call it alternate media anymore. It's just the media as it is today. I mean, this really has replaced terrestrial radio. Blogging has replaced your newspapers. This is just the next generation of a traditional model that's out there. But the people that hold on to that old style, the people that are still employed by these newspapers, at least until they just disintegrate into nothing. I'm talking about the newspapers, (laughs) not the people. Um, they, They have ripped headlines from you in the past. I mean, I think most notably what I remember here recently was that a very prominent writer in South Florida um took information about the schedule release as you were able to fill out the entire Miami Dolphins schedule, if I'm not mistaken, um, through your your sources, through the people that you tapped into. And uh they took that and gave you no credit and then when you called them on it, they completely like blocked and deleted you from Twitter, right?
0: Yeah, it just it irritates me because that was my that's my one insider event on the calendar, like I admit to everybody that I have some connections here and there, but I really don't get inside information. All the stuff that I produce is just based on the film study or the analytics, whatever you want to call it, what I do, I get my own information from myself, and that's my one event on the calendar where I have an insider guy that we actually both know, Sam, I won't tell you who he is until we get off air, but we both know this individual, and he gives me these TV schedules and lineups, and so I break this news the last couple of years, and it gets me a lot of followers, it gets me a lot of traction on the website and podcast, and for someone like you know, said writer to go out there and retweet the art or the, the schedule and not put the, 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 uh, the credits in there for who you know originally tweeted it it's just like well you know i have the position i have the platform so i'm going to go ahead and just stomp on the little guy even though he's the one providing this information and giving me more clicks and giving me more credibility ahead of the actual release for this for the actual schedule for the dolphin so it happens at that level it happens at other levels i've had to block a different fan website from a guy that basically ripped off an article word for word from me i just got accused of plagiarizing a different podcast a couple of days ago so this stuff goes on every single day it seems like and yeah, it's pretty irritating.
1: I once stole a joke from a guy on stage who who actually said the joke the night before and we're working together all weekend <laughs> and it was such a good, he was actually uh, taking care of a heckler and I was like, that's a really good line and then the next night we had a heckler and then I said the exact same line that he had said the night before without even realizing that I was doing that in front of him and uh, halfway through me hitting him with that line, I'm like, oh my God, I'm stealing a line from the other comic that I'm about to bring up Uh, because I was hosting that night. And as I got off, he goes, I'm not upset that you took my line. I'm upset that you butchered it. And now I can never (laughs) use it again because people are going to remember how badly you said it versus how well I said it the night before. Um, So uh, again, to that point, it's not to say that these guys are even. Con- in your case, absolutely. He took he took your material, he took your source, uh, and 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 ran with it and didn't give you any credit. I am not suggesting. I guess I am suggesting that Barry Jackson may have been influenced by my podcast. However, I'm not suggesting that he is a plagiarizer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's not an original format with regards to um, uh, talking about Vegas odds and football in particular. I just found the timing of him coming out with what he did very very um, uh, coincidental if you will to what we came out with you know three four days prior to that so I do think we have an influence there and where I'm going with this is that there is a day of reckoning on the very very near horizon when it comes to not only the Miami Dolphins coverage but sports in general where a lot of this traditional media is just going to Cease to exist, quite frankly. And people like Travis, people like myself, people like other people that are running around doing podcasts and blogs and all this other stuff are going to be the new, um, for lack of a better term, Barry Jacksons and Armando Salgueros and Omar Kellys and all those people that are out there. Hopefully, a little more beloved than a couple of those people that I just named. But that's really that's the reality. That's what's happening right now. I mean, you're in the middle of a little bit of a of a of a communications revolution when it comes to sports. Uh, communications and sports entertainment so it's kind of fun to be a part of that uh, I'm glad you're here to talk about it because you've experienced some very similar things that I have and uh, what's really cool is that you have insiders and I have insiders and we know who those insiders are and in some cases it's you know the same person in other cases it's a different person and we can talk off air and talk about all these things and none of the listeners none of your listeners none of my listeners know who these people are so they're just left in the dark and that to me is the best thing about doing this is knowing something that the listeners who actually prop us up know nothing about and and that makes me feel superior to all of them, quite frankly.
0: <laughs> yeah, just casting uh, casting stones from our castle on top of the hill, huh? Yep. I mean, it's 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 really fun to, to be in this position because, you know, I got to be there for the Miami Miracle in the freaking press box, man. Like, how cool is that to be able to say as a guy that was a, a diehard Dolphins fan my entire life. And now I've kind of transitioned into this role where I do more of the professional side of things where I'm talking about it from an objective standpoint, not just being like, Ryan Tannehill's the best, and, and Jakeem Grant's going to be the all-star receiver this year. like It's it's fun to kind of get in that position. And you know, you talk about the, the wave of new media. I mean, what does that old media really bring you, besides, like, is it just the sources? Because that's really all you go to those articles for, is to find out what the team wants to do on draft night. And even then, how often is that accurate? So it's just like, what do they really provide you, other than the fact that they're pretty good writers and they might have some sources, because... I talked to a couple of beat writers when I was down there, and I'll tell you a good story from the same guy, actually. I won't tell you who he is, but a couple of stories. Number one, he was telling me that everything I learned in journalism school back in whatever day it was is irrelevant now. It doesn't matter. The who, who, what, where, when, why, that's not being taught. Currently, right now, I'm in a WSU – uh, a WSU program for digital media, and it's completely different than anything else that they did back in the 80s, and 90s, even early 2000s. So it's changed in that way. What does that provide anybody? I, that's where, kind of where I sit. Like The old age media, it's just not really that helpful anymore, and that's why it's going that way, and that's why the new age media is kind of taking over and, and rising to this new level.
1: No, absolutely I 100% agree and as you said I mean uh, you going out and doing that legwork is what's actually had you stand out um, in a crowd I mean there's a lot of podcasts about the Miami Dolphins there's a lot of sports podcasts in general I like to think that there's a few that rise above the, the rest due to um, them being able to capture you know if you want to call it a niche audience which isn't fair to you or I or anybody else who's got that but they have their own you know piece of the Miami Dolphins podcast pie um, and, and they in they and they scratch an itch that some of our you know listeners have uh, whether it's be, you know, the lighter side, the comedy, living in the now. I mean, the, the best episodes we've ever had are Chris Cullen getting drunk during draft day and then just recording himself <laughs> on his phone and sending me the drops and not even remembering anything that he ever does. And I, I get so much joy out of that. And our listeners are like, dude, can you do that every week? We're like, no, we have livers and lives. We can't do that every week, but we could certainly try at least once a year to, to give you that type of information, you know. And then people are like, well, you know, I'm sick of them, you know, puking all over themselves on Perfectville. Uh, what's Travis got to say about the actual draft pick here as opposed to the Patriots suck? Uh, blah 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 blah. throw up you know they can go and they have all these different avenues for them so it's it's quite exciting uh but enough talking about us here chris let's talk about the miami dolphins i do have a couple of questions for you because it's better chris see look at me yeah i I was uh, waiting
0: for that (laughs) i I,
1: I, say i'm so used to chris aka george harrison aka powder baby (laughs) running off um that uh travis travis wingfield um uh, of locked on dolphins is actually in right now uh pinch hitting here for chris uh my apologies there travis um what uh, this this? Who is the most underrated Miami Dolphins player right now? Uh, who right now at the end of this season are you going to say? I said that on Perfectville, and now everybody knows it. Who is the most underrated player for the Miami Dolphins currently?
0: Well, first and foremost, I don't mind being mistaken for a two-time Hall of Famer, so we're all good there. But as far as the underrated player, it depends on who you ask because I actually saw an article today on the top eleven left ta- or left tackles in the NFL. And Laramie Tunzel wasn't on there. And wow. he's one of the top three in the game. So like, I, I think from that standpoint, it's easily Laramie Tunzel who's going to be an all-pro left tackle for a long time to come. Daniel Jeremiah, one of the most respected guys in the game, says he is the best left tackle in football. So we'll leave it at that. But I'm going to go with Kenyon Drake because I think this guy has so much talent, both as a pass catcher, as a runner, even in pass protection. He can really do it all. And the one time he got a chance to carry the load, the end of 2017, all he did was lead the NFL in rushing and made big plays in the passing game, scored touchdowns, hit the big play. Last year he got barely any touches, like 130 touches, and he still scores nine touchdowns and get him, gets himself a 1,000 total yards. I think the Dolphins are going to be a run-heavy team this year. He might have to learn how to run behind the fullback because now we're going to be more 21 personnel-based, two running backs, one tight end, and I think that's going to be a transition for him, but I think they're going to commit to Kenyon Drake, see what he can get before a contract year, and just kind of pound the ball with him, and he's going to wind up with like 1,500 yards from scrimmage this season.
1: Okay, there you go. You got Kenyon Drake getting 1,500 yards from scrimmage, the most underrated player on the Miami Dolphins, according to Travis Wingfield. Now, I am going to challenge you. At the end of this year, if Kenyon Drake has, you know, 700 yards, would you come back on the air and admit that you made a mistake or that you were wrong if it so happens uh, to go that way? Are you willing to do that?
0: Oh, man, half of my job is being wrong. So absolutely.
1: Beautiful. So that leads me to my next question here. And then uh, I I could hear Chris um, writing what I I assume is an apology letter to me for that egregious (laughs) error that he had earlier in this episode. Um, In your your years of covering the Miami Dolphins specifically and watching and analyzing film – What is the biggest whiff that you have had? So we've all been the armchair quarterback, armchair GM, armchair coach, whatever you want to call it. And we said, we should pick that person, or we should have signed this person, or this is a mistake to have this person on the team. What is the biggest whiff, the biggest miss in the Travis Wingfield analytics era when it comes to uh, personnel for the Miami Dolphins?
0: I mean, I wish it could be someone else, but it has to be Ryan Tannehill last season because that's kind of where I took off in terms of getting a following was showing all those great clips from 2016 and, and I will go to my grave saying that Ryan Tannehill in 2016 was a fringe top 10 quarterback in yes. the NFL because yes. he protected the football and he made so many highlight plays Sam Correct. all those plays where he was going off script like that Chargers game for instance not just the big throw down the field to Kenny Stills which was an all time great throw mm. the big shot down the field to Devontae Parker he was running out of the pocket throwing on the move making plays with his legs trucking defenders I mean that season was, was vintage Ryan Tannehill what you want from him and yeah it wasn't a bit more of a dialed back offense with the run game emphasis but that's what a lot of these good quarterbacks do so I was very excited for him to come back in 2018. I thought the scheme suited, in, suited him, I thought the personnel suited him, and he just ended up getting hurt after that 3-0 start, and he came back and he wasn't the same guy, and some of the ghosts or the, the skeletons that were in his closet, so to speak, in terms of being a slow processor and not being able to ID the, de- ID the defense right away, they kind of came back and he reverted back to old habits, and he just kind of fell apart in every way imaginable. So, and I admit that now, like, I think in hindsight, I would say that, yeah, maybe he was a little bit more propped up by a better running game and and a a more protective scheme in 2016 but I still thought he was going to be a good player and he just he was awful last year and that that, I have to admit that I was completely wrong on that
1: better career in the in Tennessee next year or this year Ryan Tannehill or Cameron Wake
0: oh man uh I I think Tannehill's going to play because Mariota gets hurt every single year but I'm never going to write Cam Wake off again I think you I think it was perfectville when he tore his Achilles back in 2015 and we were like I remember texting you guys like in tears being like, man, that's probably the end of cam wake. And then he comes back in 2016 and gets like what, 12 sacks, whatever it was. Yeah, so
1: I, 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 uh, I've eaten that dick many times about how I wrote <laughs> off cam wake. And he just kind of stared into the camera and said, what now, Sam? And I'm like, you're right. I'm wrong. I apologize.
0: Yeah. So I won't do that again. So I'll say cam wake just because he's going to play a lot more and he's probably going to get eight or nine sacks. Like he always does.
1: Okay. I'm going to share my biggest one. And then we got to get going. Cause I can hear Chris storming down the hall, getting back <laughs> on the mic here. Um, Biggest one, I think it's going to be this is this is obviously retro because at the time, I think everyone was was in agreement with me. You can debate about Ryan Tannehill, one side of the fence or the other. Uh, That's been going on for many years now. But uh, at the time that we drafted Ted Ginn and his family, I was like, this is the biggest mistake that the Miami Dolphins have ever made. Why are we not taking Brady Quinn quarterback out of Notre Dame? I thought for sure that Brady Quinn was the quarterback that was going to basically be the poster boy for the NFL for the next 15 years. And he fell into our laps. There was no way he was even going to be there. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is there. And then they said Ginn instead of Quinn. And I was like, this franchise has no idea what they're doing now. Brady Quinn, obviously no longer playing in the NFL, no longer playing football at all. Um, So that was was wrong. Part one. Part two of that is that Ted Ginn, as much as he was hated for the most part by the Miami Dolphins, is still here in 2019 gainfully employed in the NFL. I believe he's won at least one Super Bowl, correct?
0: No, I think no, he's in the Saints last year. They didn't make it. And the Panthers the year before a couple years before lost in the Super Bowl. So okay. he's close, but no
1: cigar. Okay, well fuck me. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. But he's been to the playoffs more often than the Miami Dolphins have since he's come into the actual league um, he's a journeyman wide receiver but he does what he does very well and uh, I could yeah, have not yeah I could not have been more wrong about Ted Ginn and his family uh, being a bust in the in the NFL he wasn't the guy for the Miami Dolphins that we thought he was going to be or that Cam Cameron thought he was going to be but he has been a bona fide legit NFL player for a very very long time and here I wanted Brady Quinn and was pissed off that we didn't take Brady Quinn out of Notre Dame, and instead took 10 Ginn and his family out of Ohio State. So that's probably one of the biggest faux pas I've ever had when it comes to player personnel scouting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: And it's so Miami Dolphins that Quinn goes on somewhere else and sucks, and then Ted Ginn sucks with us, and then goes somewhere else and becomes good. Also, because you go back to I think it was 2008 or. 2007, one of his first years in the league, he actually was like the primary guy, and he made some plays for us. And he had that game against the Jets where he had the two kickoff returns, and it was like, okay, at least we have the best return man in football. And then he continues to go on that drop spree and winds up not being a guy for us. But you mentioned it that the last few years he was the Panthers' big play threat in that yeah. Super Bowl run, and last year with the Saints he was hooking up with Drew Brees all the time. So I mean, he <laughs> he's 30 whatever years old he is, and he's still burned down the field. So good for him.
1: Oh, yeah, Good for him and good for you Thank you for coming here on the show uh, Travis, tell everyone how they can find you Where they can find you And anything else you want to talk about here Before Chris uh, wrestles the microphone away from you And I have to deal with the two-time Hall of Fame baby For the rest of this episode of Perfectville
0: Well, I hope this was my Layla performance, to to quote an Eric Clapton (laughs) song, but uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, at WingfulNFL, LockedOnDolphins.com, and the Locked On Dolphins podcast every single day, about 30-minute shots, uh, just giving you the news and analysis every single day on this team, but uh, I've been working on a lot of college quarterback scouting because – you know, I hate to say that, Sam, I don't think Josh Rosen is going to be the guy, so I'm really interested in this next quarterback class. So all the top four quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa, Jake Fromm, Justin Herbert, and Jordan Love, there are breakdowns on their film up on LockedOnDolphins.com, and I'll be doing more of that this offseason. And then we'll preview training camp and get this season going, man.
1: Well, there you go. Travis Wingfield has broken up with Ryan Tannehill, and <laughs> as a result, his rebound chick, Josh Rosen, just not doing it for him, just a port in a storm, uh, and he's already looking online. For his next girlfriend, sometime next year. Travis, swiping thanks. Right. Yeah, there you go. Swiping right, swiping left. Uh, well, I'll let you get back to swiping right, swiping left. Everything you got to do there, Travis. Thank you one more time for being here on Perfectville. Welcome back, and uh, nothing else to say but goodbye from Perfectville. Hey, Sam, was that you talking to somebody? Uh, hey, Chris, uh, welcome hey. back. No, I, I, uh, I. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to somebody. Uh was that Travis? Sounded like Travis. Travis 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 who? Travis wait, Travis No, wait, No. No, it wasn't <laughs> Travis. It was, uh, it, was a guy, it was a guy named Eric. Wait, hold on, hold on. I, I, this happens all the time. We we buy heads, you know, we leave it out of the recording. I came back to apologize, but really sounded like you're talking to Travis. Are you kidding me right now? No. You're placing me with Travis? No, uh, dude, I would never <laughs> do that. I uh there was a guy named Eric that I was talking to about some technical issues. It had nothing to do with the show at all. I wouldn't even worry about it, man. Eric. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Eric. Okay. Eric yeah. sounds a lot like uh Travis Wingfield. You know, come, right. come to think of it, he did he did sound a lot like Travis. I will give you that. It did sound like I if I were to close my eyes it would you know, yeah, I could see how that would sound like Travis for sure. But it but it was Is there something that you need to tell me? No, not at all. I uh I, I'm glad you're back. I, I appreciate you coming back to apologize that, that um I was very upset as well, so I apologize to you. Um but no, everything every no, nothing I need to talk about alright well then I guess we should continue the show let's get moving well actually we're out of time unfortunately um, they had some technical issues with tra- I mean Eric and uh, um, we're kind of out of time recording wow. right now so I think we're just going to have to end the show it's going to be a weird sure. show Um, it's really just like two minutes long of, of us fighting and then you coming back but I mean since we don't have any more time for anything to say I guess you know goodbye from perfect what? Though. oh yeah. well, okay you later alright sure, sure see ya Jesus George is mad